Hey guys, Jake the Podcast Guy here, and welcome to Sunday Night Teacher Talk on Teacher Class Off Radio, where CJ Reynolds answers your questions live and in real time. You can participate in the show every Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Real Rapper Reynolds YouTube channel. If you missed the live show, don't worry. Each episode is uploaded the following Monday to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. You can also join our Facebook group to communicate with other educators from around the world. Now, on to the episode. All right, so I'm going to start it right here because uh, I just hit record for, for. So if you don't know, you can get this as a podcast, but I'll talk about that in a second. Um, <clears throat> my goodness, what a week um, it has been. It's been. It was actually like a really good week in many, many ways where I had uh, really great conversations with some really great people at my school as we were, um, we were proctoring the uh, keystone exam. So you're not allowed to do anything when you do that. You can't go on your computer. You're not supposed to be on your phone. Uh, but I, luckily, luckily, I got in with two really great people that I work with and it was fun. So um, one of the things I'm thinking about this week before we get into your questions and, and the intro and all that stuff is I'm really thinking about capability versus capacity this week. Capability being, am I capable of doing something? Do I have what it takes to do something? Versus, do I have the capacity to do that? So, um, I was talking about this with some folks this week and kind of came out of that. It's like, in different seasons of your life, you have different levels of capacity, right? So, right now, I know that there's only so much that I can do. I know that there's only so much I can do in a day. So, whereas in seasons past I've been able to work late into the night and still get up early in the morning and still do my thing and now I can't like I have a hard cutoff at night when I don't do any work anymore um I won't entertain conversations even with my wife about certain things about problems about school about it's like nope there's a hard cutoff at 8 p.m that stuff's done because I usually go to bed I don't know 9 30 10 o'clock um is when I begin the process anyway dog you got to go out right now of course I got you it. This is, this is how we roll. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's, it's what happens when your studio is at your house. So it's, it's just being mindful of that, being mindful of what your capacity is and not saying yes to everything because you know your capacity is there. I was listening to a podcast this week with a guy. I'm going to forget his name. He wrote a book for entrepreneurs called Traction. And he said one of his um, like core principles is to know your hundred percent. And so what that means is if I, I know exactly how much I can work in a week, in a, in a day, in a year. And if I go short on that, I feel like I didn't do anything. And if I go one hour more than that, I feel like I'm completely burnt out. So it's having this sense, this true idea of like, what is your hundred percent? And then doing that. Because when we go over, it is just as bad as going under, if not, right? It's like when you oversleep, it's just as bad as like not sleeping enough because you're, it messes with your head. And I know for me anyway, it makes me lazy and stuff like that. So, um, yeah. So I really, I just want to now, I just really like my outfit today too. Because I look like, uh, I look like yard work Reynolds, which is who I am. Got my first sunburn yesterday. Anyway, that's, that's not, that's, that's not interesting to anyone. Um. What is interesting is that this is Sunday night teacher talk. Uh, and what we do here is 1 p.m. every Eastern, every, every 1 p.m. Eastern time on every Sunday as we show up and uh, we 
try and create a space that's a safe space for teachers to, to connect, for teachers to ask questions, to answer questions, to be a part of a community. So um, that's what we're doing. You can ask anything under the sun. I'm more than happy to answer anything. Um, and just as a caveat on the front end, uh, we run this thing by seasons. And this is season five. This is the last episode of season five, right? So because it's the end of the year for many of you are done, um, we are taking June off as a, as a well, it's kind of, sort of. Because um, there's still <laughs> going to be videos that come out. And the end of the second half, it, like as soon as school's done, it is game well, this is a good segue. Let me help you. Uh, Jacob Ingram is asking, how many more days does everyone have before summer? So I find this to be a really great, interesting... This is always interesting to me because we're on the... I don't know if people realize, East Coast is, gets out the latest yes. out of the United States. We're like the end. Yeah. So I'm looking in the comments and everyone's like, one more week left with students, you know, two to like do random stuff or whatever. Or some yeah. people are like, we have three days left. We have two days. This, this is the last week. It's so interesting. Marley just asked me yes today. She says, "How? when does summer break like actually start for kids around our area? Um, she forgets since she's homeschooled. But um, th they don't end for like another month here. Like when everyone's asking how many days are left, it's like, yeah, yeah we literally have like, and it's, you know, it, busy stuff at the end of the year. But we go till yeah. mid-June. June 14th is my last day. East Coast June there. 14th. Yeah, so we still um, have a minute. That's the longest I've gone in a long time, though. Like, no, it's usually around then, because my birthday's always, like, yeah, it's right you're before. Forgetting. Listen, regular people time, an extra week here, give or take, isn't much. Teacher time, an extra week is, like, dog years. Yes. So it's, like, seven weeks of regular people time. Um, yeah. So we're done June 14th. We used to get done the first week of June. Oh, Laura Campion says June 14th is her last day, too. Yeah. Tracy Pinter says June 8th is their, hers. Zo uh, Zoe. Um, oh, look, I got it right for the first time. She says they have 35 days left. I like she knows 35. 35 days. <laughs> She's in the UK. Not a little over a month. No, it's the it's the specificity like that, they, that teachers like. There's like I have thirty five days, four hours, and three minutes left. Right. To teach. Um, All right. Do you want an actual question? Or I do. Let's rock into it. All right. Let's see. Um, I'm sorry. I actually made a video the other day that's going to come out um, hopefully this week. That is. Um, when you have those odd bits of time, whether it's a period, an hour, a day, that like, what do you do with that? Yeah. So I made How a video on like five things that you can do during that time. All right. Well, our first question comes from John Lopez. He's Mommy. asking, Grow Rap with Reynolds, how uh, have you thought about entering your classroom singing, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood and changing from dress shoes to tennis shoes? Lopez, <laughs> it's not have I thought of that. It's to the extent at which I've thought of doing that. Um, I My students do not know who Mr. Rogers is. I had this, I like the, this, here you go. This is fun when you can just bust things out. I had a viewer send me this one time and it's the frame broke. Um, that's why it's behind the picture. But uh, I had this in my classroom for years and a, kids used to go, <laughs> Yo, who's is that your dad, Reynolds? That, I'm sorry. Are you mean Mr. Feeney, the greatest fictional teacher of all time, uh, on on arguably one of the greatest TV shows of all time, uh, definitely the TV show that has meant the most to me in my whole life. Um, they had no idea, and I have all this Mr. Rogers stuff. So Lopez sent me like the children's oh, book yeah. of Mr. Rogers. I have 
a couple of these things stuff. around um, and you push it. I like to think of all kinds of helpers in our world. This is Brody's favorite toy he in does. our house. When he, he needs a little this. motivation, he just pushes it. <laughs> uh, Lopez gave me this too. Oh, she did. Yeah, so um, it's kids are just like, who's that man holding a train? I mean, who's that man holding the train? You mean the father that none of us ever had? That Mr. Rogers? And it's what? a trolley? Yeah. <laughs> that takes you to the land and make me. Bro, get your life together. So. All right. Are you ready? I am. Next question. Lay it on me. It's going back to Jacob. He's actually asking, I had students this year not using the time at the start of class to write uh, write the journal prompt. Instead, students did them all by the end of the week before I graded it. How should I handle this next year? So... I think there's two things. One, you, it's worth asking yourself if students should be allowed to do stuff when it feels right to them, right? So like, when do they want to do it? The problem is the quality of work goes down drastically. The other problem is if we have something else they should be doing during that time, now you're on third base talking about first base. Why are we talking about first base? We're on third base now. Like we already left first base and don't even bring up second base because we're not even going there. We're here now. So that becomes a problem. If it's not a problem, then maybe it's all right. Maybe it's all right that kids are doing that, finding their own way in life. It's like, um, that's kind of a little bit more of how college is and work is in a lot of ways. If you really want them to be able to do it, then one of the ways I do it, and this will all come out this summer when we start putting out resources, I'm going to put out um, a packet of, of uh, I don't know how many journal entries, but a lot of them. They're already made, so don't, you don't have to feel the stare coming mm -hmm. from you. Um, they're already made, and it's like the question, um, the lines underneath, and then how many sentences minimum I, I need from it. What I do now is... And I have a co-teacher, but you could even do this if you didn't have a co-teacher. So I go from that to some sort of independent practice afterwards or something that's led by my co-teacher. While we're either doing the independent practice or my co-teacher is teaching, I simply go through them real quick and I just grade them on that day. So I time it. You only have five minutes or sometimes it's a little bit longer than that if I see like some questions take kids a long time to kind of pick up on, to think about, to realize what they want to do. Um, is the dog outside? Oh, yeah. Panting. Um, <laughs> it is. Uh, I was wondering why well, I could. He didn't bother you a minute. He just went out there to sit in I was just chilling, then he realized it was 96 degrees yeah. outside, and he said no. Uh, so, we are. So, like, I want kids to, like, use the time. So, I set a timer, I time them, and at the end of that, I have someone collect it, and that person is told to be ruthless. I want my papers back. And so. And this is all, this is never meant, right? Let me just say this in case you don't know me that well. This is never meant to like necessarily like force a kid's hand or stifle their voice or it's like, it is meant to say, hey, look, we only have five minutes to do this. And if you're having a hard time focusing, this helps you focus. I put a big giant timer on my board. Um, you do it during the timer and then I collect the papers. Now, if I see someone needs a little bit of extra time, if I see that they were working, if I see that talk them a minute to like get focused or, or like there's all that stuff to take into account. I'm just saying like what this also does is it stops kids from coming late to my class. If you come late, you missed out on it. We are not going back and you're not going to make it up because um, unless again, 
someone shows up late to your class, they had a legitimate issue, they were trying to do something, they, something happened, whatever. But we all know who the kids who are who are like um, habitually late to class and then show up without a pass and stuff like that. Well, now you just lost the opportunity to do this work. We moved on to the next thing. Focus your efforts there. So um, that's that's kind of how I roll with that. And then grading it every day allows me to, when I hand it back the next day, it's not like, it's not in, they didn't forget about it. It's a current reminder of, yo, you only have this much time and this is what we're doing right now. And I think that that's a good practice for kids to get into because if left to their own devices, many students won't do any work or won't get it done. Setting the timer isn't a way to like, I'm not trying to build anxiety in students. What I'm trying to do is just remind kids that like, hey, this is the time that you have. Um, and being mindful of the time that you have is really, really important. I don't know what you did to my desk there, bro, but I didn't do anything to your desk. Twisted. I know. Don't blame me. All right, Jake is up next, and he's asking if you could wave a magic wand and make every everyone want to read one book. What would it be? Yeah, so I'm not gonna pressure. lie. I peep. I peeped this question before we came on real quick. Oh. Um. I don't know what that answer is, because I think different kids need different books. So I'll say this: I read Walden when I was probably twenty of my own volition. Right. Thank God I didn't have to read that book in high school. It was so deeply impactful to me that um. I tried to do some of that with a, with students when I started teaching, and they were just like, this is the dumbest thing ever. Why would I ever want to live in a cabin in the woods with nothing? Like, um, which is exactly what my wife thought when I read that also. Um, it is the, you know, I had a friend also try and teach um, Into the Wild, which is a book by John Krakauer. It was single-handedly the most influential book in my life that I ever read. And so... At the time, anyway, um, that book, when I read it, is about this young man who like goes on a journey to kind of find himself, like burns all of his money. And I remember we got to the part, or the, the guy that I was teaching with, uh, Mr. Manskoff um, at Camden Academy High School, uh, Manskoff was teaching this, and they got to that part. And the kids were like, why the hell would you ever burn money? That's so dumb. Like, And what I didn't realize was that Coming from where I came from in life, this made sense to me, right? Like downward mobility on a, on a level at a season of my life made sense to me. My kids were coming from nothing and trying to get something. There was no way they were going to be able to identify with something like that, right? Because that, that was like so, that was, that's like absurd to them. So what I would say is it's really about more to me about trying to find books for kids to read now look there are some classics that hit all the time right so like if it's um i don't know i don't know whatever whatever we're reading in school like i remember like siddhartha like hit a lot of kids or um oh gosh now i'm blanking i have covid brain um it's like there's certain things books that have like been hits over the years but by and large it's you just don't know what book is going to hit a kid so it's creating opportunity for that okay so if you were going to answer for an adult version if you could wave a magic wand and make everyone want to read one book what would it be chris carson had he has an opinion on what you would say and you are failing right now what did he say the bible <laughs> god 
gosh. No, he said he, th- he thought you were going to mention your own book. <laughs> he already told everybody. I'll be honest with you. I think every teacher should read my book. Um, and maybe you read it and it's not for you because there's no silver bullets in education. But, like, yeah. maybe it is. I would say... I'm going to go OG. I'm going to say I Feel Great and You Will Too by Pat Croce. That book I've read every single year for the last 20-some years. And every single time I read it, I'm like, damn, this is good, man. There you go, Jake. That's yeah. the real answer right so, there. What is it called? Pat Croce's? I Feel Great and You Will Too by Pat Croce, former owner of the Philadelphia 76ers, back when I didn't even watch, watch basketball. <laughs> uh, all right. I Laura still don't watch basketball. Uh, she's saying, hi, Reynolds, a not-so-secret wife. Hello. Hello. Are you planning any grand exit from school this year? I don't believe that you are planning on going out without a bang. Um, so that's interesting. What I've been trying to think of is moments, right? So not even just lessons, it's moments that um, seem more doable to me. So and, I go I think, ahead. I think the reality is that when and people don't know the extent of, of what's happening at your school. Yeah. And so if you knew the extent of what's happening, like there isn't even a possibility for a grand like exit or anything. There is. Like, it's do you have Yeah, but I don't even know. This... You get you get you Go ahead. You get pushed down by your admin so much every oh time my you gosh. do anything. Literally so everything. Like, even to plan something, it's like you know even that will get hit with opposition. So it's yeah. like at, yeah, it's hard when you've had the year that you've had to want to end fun. So, and, so here's and how you do it. Don't know what you, right. So instead of thinking through. like a big production, it's how do we um, create moments for students? Right. So um, we went on a class trip, a really great class trip last week to an escape room um, in in Philadelphia, and then we went to South Street afterwards, and everyone got cheesesteaks and stuff like that. It was a moment. Um, there was a day where, like, uh, um, the other Laura on here gave me uh, a bubble blower, uh, like a bubble-making machine that I hooked up in my classroom, and we played it, like, intermittently throughout the class. So we had, there was a dance party recently um, with lights and everything else and music, and it was great. There were um, There's going to be a pretty big cereal party before the end of the year. Um, there's another class trip that we're taking actually next weekend to go to the Renaissance Fair um, in in Jersey with students, so there's there are all these things coming up, but they're like moments and not like an enormous like explosive final kind of thing. Um, some years I have the capacity to do that, and other years I just am like. I, I just don't, um, and, and so that's knowing yourself, right? It's kind of like I talked about in the beginning. It's knowing your your capabilities, what you're able to do what versus like what you're capable of doing. So it's really focusing in on like these moments with kids, and that's fun because it feels doable, right? You can go into your day and figure out what do I have to give and then give all of that because um, you're 100% on one day. is not going to be your 100% on the next day. So I think that that – relinquishes people from like having to go baller out at the end at the end of the year our next question is coming from jason o'neill how do you put toxic admin behind you seven slash eight teachers are leaving and the 
the front office is going out of their way to make everyone uncomfortable, saying it's unprofessional to the, tell the kids we are leaving. Um, that's not unprofessional at all. And I'll tell you why, Jason. It's not unprofessional because what you want to do is give kids time to process, is give kids a chance to like talk about their hurt, how they're doing it. So I actually just, I made a video, uh, state testing this week. So we were done by one thirty every day, made a lot of videos. I made a video with my friend, Sarah, about how to tell students that you're leaving. And, um, you know, gosh, when I think about stuff like that, it's, it's so important for me to have time. So here, here's how I deal with that is one, I know my why, and I'm so, I have to be so clear. I'm really big on clarity these days too, knowing exactly why I'm doing something, knowing exactly what I want the outcome to be, knowing exactly what I'm shooting for. And when you have that level of clarity, it helps you to execute more and it helps you to, to not get distracted by what other people are saying or doing, right? Um, it is, is being independent of the good opinion of other people. And so they, you know, what I usually say to people if they say something to me like that, it's something's unprofessional or that I shouldn't be doing, which I get, I've gotten an absurd amount this year, like with literally damn near everything I do that's left of center, um, like all the good stuff is I just go, yeah, you might be right. And I do what I'm going to do anyway. <laughs> that's literally what I tell people. It's I'll acknowledge you. Yeah, you might be right. Um, and then I just do what I'm doing anyway because I'm focused on, I know what my why is. I know what my outcome is. <clears throat> and then sometimes it's either having that conversation with, with the folks that are, that are coming down on me or in real time, like actually doing that, or it's not doing that. It's uh, having a conversation with them in my head where I'm explaining it. Um, and then I'm going to tell you my trick. Then when I do that, I never said this to anyone before. I just imagine they agree with me and I imagine them agreeing with me. And then I just go on with my day <laughs> and do this where I just, that's the outcome I want. So I just imagine it's happening. Um, yeah. That's you can't make toxic people stop being toxic. What you can do is be to the best of your ability. And I've been better at this sometimes than others is being so happy in their face and not as a vindictive thing, right? It's like you're turning up your toxicity. Now I have to turn up the awesome. And so what you're doing that for is to counteract this, right? It's like um, I, the cure has to be stronger than the venom, right? So it's really trying to like tap into your resources, be the most awesome that you can and kind of drown that stuff out. Um, and I've had great, success with that largely in my life um, but again if once you start doing it because it's like oh you're gonna be like that well, watch this right like it's like once you're doing it to like be i don't like it's like Did happiness you? as revenge like yeah. I, you know i don't want to i'm not interested in that i'm interested in like drowning out yeah the criticism it's and and i think it's a really good lesson in this is one of those things where like teaching isn't just about pedagogy it's about you how do I look at this as a learning lesson for how do I cope? What do I do? What fills me up? How do I pour more energy into myself so I can pour more energy out? What can I focus on? Like it's learning things more about yourself and how you can handle things rather than um, just getting like revenge on someone. I'm really terrible at revenge, by the way. Maybe that's why I steer away from it. Well, I don't 
don't think there's anything. I think you've realized that there's nothing productive. Well, a lot of people don't like care as much as you do, right? Like, people don't care. They don't care that, like... I think the idea of even revenge is such an immature, like, it idea. Is. It's people who do revenge, to me, are just not mature. Yeah. That, and it, because it's it's just an immature idea. But so. being... But that whole idea of turning the other cheek is so friggin' hard. It is. It's, it's, it's way like, harder. Or or it's it's not even turning a cheek or a bible thing. Like, to me, it's just like, when you control your emotions and your behavior, that is a sign of maturity. When you don't know how to do that, it's just a straight sign of immaturity. It has nothing to do with faith, anything. It's To me, it's a very clear line of, like, people are mature that do this. People are immature that do this. Good Sorry. answer. <laughs> All right, let's go yeah. over to um, – oh, so I, I had another question on top of that question. Yeah. So how do you put toxic admin behind you, like, like after the summer, after the school year, to not have been oh. triggered by that? Yeah, like, that's a great question. Because that's – that's I, well, there's a lot of people that deal with that. There's a lot of terrible admins in school. Once I figure it out. Okay. Um, so leaving <laughs> my school this year after dealing with such a dis- – like – an and like an unbelievable amount of craziness, which um, I'll unpack at some point this summer a little bit in a video, but then I'm going to, I think we're going to do um, just to give you like a little preview. And this isn't, this is something we already talked about. Uh, I have to look at my wife and say that sometimes cause she'll be like, dude, did you just put something else on our plate? Like, um, so it's, I think we're going to do a Facebook live, like in our group. Uh, so if you go to Facebook and you go to, uh, Real Rap with Reynolds teacher talk on there. Um, that's, if you're interested, that's yeah, where we'll it'll be like, divulge a bit more information. Yeah. It's so like too much to wanna, put publicly out on YouTube to live there forever. And I'm not interested. Even when I put up a video about not coming back to the classroom next year, um, it's I'm I'm here's here's what I'm choosing to do. Right here's here's part of the reason you get around that, or the way you get around that. I'm so unbelievably excited about what we're moving into. Like. Like when we start talking about it, I get, oh man, I get all fired up for it and stuff because I know it's going to actually help. I know there's schools out there that just don't have the capabilities or the capacity or the money or whatever. We're just going to make free stuff for you. We're just going to make free stuff that you can use. And then there will be paid things because, you know, I can't, I, I don't live in my mom's basement. (laughs) Um, so like I want to have a particular kind of life, but like we're looking to create resources to really help teachers. That's so unbelievably exciting to me. We haven't been able However, to do that. We've been wanting to do that for yeah. like so long. So I we just think are at capacity for time. A hundred percent. There's the capacity. That's the key mm-hmm. word of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but the flip side of that is how do I get around moving away from something? I focus on something else. Like that's like I don't have to like that's part of the healing process is knowing that I can't fix it. I can't go back in time. I can't change other people. What can I focus on? Because where I put my focus is what expands, right? What I put my focus on is what opens up in front of me. And so do this. Here's a, here's a, here's an activity real quick, and then I'm going to go into the next question because I realize we only answered three and we've been on here for friggin' half an hour. Um, <laughs> if you were to close your eyes right now, right? So you can even do this as you're sitting there. This will take 20 seconds. Close your eyes right now and think about in the room that you're in, how many things in there are, let's say, pick a color. Pink. Pink, right? That was a weird color to, Sorry, to pick, but we'll go, we'll go with it anyway. White. While your eyes are closed, you're thinking, looking around your room and thinking about the things that are in there that are pink, all right? 
So do that for a second. Try and get as many as you can. And now open your eyes and look around your room and see what's in there that's pink. So the point of this is that there might be a few more pink things in there that you thought there might be a lot more depending on what your house looks like because my wife thinks they live in a clown house and you have tons of pink things all over the place <laughs> nothing wrong i love pink it's like one we of my favorite colors pink do we have a lot of pink there's well yeah because i closed my eyes and did it there's uh, a pink pens over there there's pink on the thing there's pink on that there's pink over there pink over there Facts. There's a lot of pink right so when you're looking for things that are good in your life it's the same way and if you're looking for things that suck in your life it's the same way where focus, what is it uh, my mentor says, mm. where your focus goes, energy flows, right? So when you are looking forward to the thing you want to do, to the thing you're excited about, focus on that. And who cares? I don't care what happens to my admin after that. I, I pray that it's the greatest ever. I pray they turn it around. It's a great school and the kids have a really great experience. But, you know, so that's kind of how I deal with that to the best way that I can. What you got? All right. All right. Want me to say we'll answer the next one fast? No, because it's a two-part question, so right. I can't imagine it's going to be quick. I never um, answer okay. fast anyway. Uh, Janet Harlow's Happenings is cool. asking, I'm leaving my current job teaching life skills to middle school to go to my dream job of a sped learning specialist at another middle school. There is bad blood in my leaving. Oh. Um. Should I leave quietly or be completely honest with our charter school's board, especially since the issue is the admin? This is a a great question. (laughs) Clearly, I'm going to say you're in the same issue. Yes. Um, I had the same thought, right, when I was decided to leave my school. Uh, Do I just peace out and this is your bed laying it? Um, No. Uh, I went and told as many people as I, that would listen without being gossipy, right? So strategic people that are in, that are on the board, that are ahead of different parts of the school, um, why I was leaving and what I was concerned about going forward. If you don't do that, you are, I, I think... I think if you don't do that, you're not leaving the kids in the best possible place for next year, right? Or your friends, right? Like the people, your coworkers that you that you love and trust and have been there with. So what I find is that sometimes, like the people that I spoke to on the board had no idea stuff was happening. And I try to leave my opinion out of it, right? I'm just reporting, right? When I talk to folks about that, it's like a police report. I'm not saying I feel like this or I think this might be happening. no. Here are some things that are taking place in the school that I've witnessed that are concerning to me um, or that I think it would you would do well to know about. And nine times out of ten, folks are like, what? I didn't know that was happening. I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't know that was going on. And it's like, yes, these are things that are going on. I'm just I'm showing I'm just reporting that puts it on their radar. So then they have to maybe do some deeper dives. They have to take a, a look again at like who's working for them. I'm not trying to get anyone in trouble. I'm not trying to like rat anybody out necessarily. Like, but what I'm doing is if education is only ever about students and we have to focus on teachers hardcore so that they can show up hardcore for students, right? Like, so if that's what, if that's what I, is important to me and valuable to me, then I want to make sure that the folks that when I leave that are in leadership are um, no 
why why I'm making this move. This did not come easy for me. So it's, you know, I just think that that's really important. So I think I would I would pull no punches. Um, I told everything and didn't hold anything back. Like when I did a call with HR, that shit was like two hours long at least. And there were still things I didn't even talk about just for the sake of time. But like all those heavy hitter major moments, I made sure that they knew because I want them. I want things to change for my students for next year. So yeah. All right, Miss L is up next and um, <clears throat> asking, need advice with a student that if she doesn't get enough attention or does not do the work, they to get rebellious, uh, defiant, and disruptive if called on it, and then sweet but needy again, um, the next lesson. I think yes. part of this is understanding that kids are kids right and that that can be an out for some people right some people will say like yeah well it's like you're you know kids are kids and then they let kids get away with too much or they coddle i'm not talking about coddling anyone i'm not talking about letting them get away with stuff but the, the the you know one of the ways this is actually my therapist brought this up my therapist said like in some ways kids are kind of like puppies Right, like if I if I leave my dog for fifteen minutes and I realize I forgot my keys or I forgot something in the house, I had to come back. He greets me at the door the same way that he would greet me if I wasn't there for five days. It's like, it's like <laughs> they just that's just how their brain works, right? Kids will do the same thing. They're they're they hate you on Monday because of something that happens. They come in Tuesday, hey, Mister Rounds, how are you, man? I'm just like, what is happening? <laughs> so that part of it is just understanding that like the teenage brain works differently. It's not, they're not on the same type of time that we're on. A lot of them haven't dealt with a lot of the same trauma and they're trying to figure out how to navigate and how to control their emotions, right? It doesn't exist all the time. There's all these new changes, all these hormones, all these shifts, all this development happening, like from armpit hair to to, to cognitive uh, development um, that is, they are trying to figure it out right? I think that's worth noting. The other thing is my students know nobody gets more uh, attention than anybody else. It is as equal as I can possibly make it, right? Um, And if you, I can, you know, I talk about this in my book and and there's also like a really great interview that I did or or video that I did with Rafe Esquith, who's one of my heroes in education, um, where Rafe talks about this idea of three different types of students, right? And the real, real brief version of this is that, like, you know, student, uh, let's say student one is the kid that everyone loves to teach because they love school. Kid three is the kid that, like you're talking about, it requires, they're almost like a black hole of attention. It's never enough. They always, 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 always need more. But then when most people spend most of their time dealing with those two students, everyone loves this kid because he loves to teach. Everyone loves to teach this kid because... Um, she needs to, or, or, or teaches this kid a lot because she needs a lot of attention. What happens to the, the student in the middle? What happens to the kid that flies under the radar and fails the year or doesn't get what they deserve because they're quieter and because they sat there kindly and patiently and, and softly. Um, so it's letting kids know, like, I hear that you're asking something. I see that you need more attention. I need to get to these several other people and then I'll be back around. So it's not just leaving someone, not just telling them no, but it's like it's holding a mirror up to what's happening and letting them know when you'll get back to them. That's one strategy. Um, But it's also just, look, I think what I'm learning right now 
is success in life, deep success. Like, so if we look at the totality of our success in the classroom or, or in anything that we do, that comes hand in hand with disappointing someone at some point. You can't be all things to all people. They don't need to understand that. They, students might not really pick that up or they might need a thousand reminders of it, but it's you knowing it. You have to know that what you're doing is right, that the kids that you're helping, so we're helping all 30 children in the classroom, if one of them is taking up 45% of your time, it's rad. Like, this isn't healthy. Like, I have other kids to teach. And so I think some of it comes from there. All right. Our next question is coming from Bryn over on Facebook uh, asking, I'm the new, it's two part, two part, so just bear with me. Uh, I'm the new teacher on a four teacher team. They brought me in halfway through the year and I ended teaching sections of subjects instead of having my own homeroom. I have been the exception to everything this year and always um, kind of the odd man out. I've been offered my position back for next year, but there's a new school and they all have rooms together. Uh, I'll be in a portable how can I not be the odd man out always at all? I'm struggling to find my place within the team. This is a wonderful question. Um, isn't it great when schools call them portables? And it's like, bro, you know I'm teaching in a trailer. Um, uh, I was wondering what I did. I'm glad you said I, yeah. I thought it was a trailer because you've I told taught in a trailer. trailer um, but I didn't realize that's what portable meant. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, they try and, like try and jazz it up. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Did I love or not love teaching in that You hated trailer? it at first, but it ended up being like the best. Because I just decided that mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, you're going to put me in the trailer? Watch. Because people hated being in the trailer. Hated. The floors were all rotted out. There was holes in it. It was a mess out there. They leaked. They the ceilings like, leaked and stuff janky. like that. Yeah. Um, you had like when you had hallway duty, you had to stand outside and it was like, freezing ass cold and you're out there like freezing or sweating your ass off and it was just like everyone hated it. i'm like no we're gonna make this the best Maisha the... said she's taught in a portable also yo we made it my my I've trailer i've never heard it called a portable i've always ever heard it called a trailer no if the upside to it i'll get you your question in one second but the upside to it was no one ever came out there and we well, i talk about this in the book too we once had a lumber delivery to school we built an entire stage <laughs> in my classroom and no one had any idea that it even existed um, it was sick. It was so, it was so awesome. So anyway, Wait, um, someone just commented and said, "Try cottage for a positive spin on yeah, the portable." Exactly. It, it's like it's like when I have that's a good old one. students that like still live in mom's basement. They're like, no, nah, it's my apartment. It's just like I go where uh, it's in my mom's basement, but it's my oh oh I see what we're doing. <laughs> we're trying to jazz it up, you know. I appreciate I that. You you sprinkled some cheese on that hot pocket and tried to make like it was uh look, it was the you know, cottage might not be the artisan. worst scenario. So look, I'm just saying there's ways to flip it. So here's how you do it. One, I would get as much clarity this year as to what you're doing next year and letting your school know like, hey, look, it was fine. I came in halfway through the year. I had to do all these different things. I survived, but next year I want to be able to go get heavy, deep, and real in class. I want to really be able to have roots somewhere so like teaching less things um teaching the same thing for a whole year having the same room for the whole year like leave me in my trailer uh all year and like let me just teach from there there's so much value in that right i think that teachers often think that um that's like a uh, or and schools too that that's such like a luxury or that teachers don't really need that no you do 
There's luck. There is like, what if you lived your life like your your kitchen was at one place on your block and your bedroom was at another place and you had to go somewhere else to use a a bathroom, right? Like that's like what what? So being allowing teachers to be grounded and that's what it is being grounded somewhere allows you to have to think about less things um, and focus on the stuff that's important. So I would ask for some clarity before next year ever shows up, like do it now, just trying to get some vision around what am I like as a plan this summer, um, you know, if, if that's even your gig, but like as I plan this summer, how am I, I want to be able to start thinking about what I can do, where I can do it, what my year is going to look like and have some clear, some clarity this year going into that. Um, that just, just doing that is going to allow you to connect with other people more because you're not going to be moving all over the friggin' place and try and you're just like, you know, the, the jack of all trades in your school. The other thing is intentionality. It's invite people into your awesome. It's um, see if you can get invited or like invite yourself into someone else's room. Hey, would you mind this Thursday if I came in and sat in on your class for just the first 10 minutes? Um, it's inviting people to stuff. So you could wait your whole life to get invited to a party where you could just have your own party. You know what I mean? Like who's to say that someone else's party is going to be more awesome than yours anyway? Like we throw the best parties uh, of anyone we know besides from Diddy. But like, um, I don't we, know. Donovan can beat us. I'm just saying. Donovan. I mean, Donovan can give us a run for his money. Maybe. Anyway, continue. Anyway. Maybe, but... Keep all right. Thank Way to shoot down my dreams. Sorry. Um, <laughs> so, it, it's... That's some of it also. And then, look, just by virtue of being there for an extended period of time, like, you just start to get to know people. I know, look, when I first started teaching, I wanted to know everyone. Even in my first handful of years, I was like, every new teacher, oh, I want to be friends with you. Then what I started finding was I had to start being strategic with that because too many people in my school or in the schools I've worked in quit after the first year, quit midway through the year. And I was making friends and putting all this time and effort. Um, I was watering plants that were going to die. That's all I was doing. And so what I've learned now is I'm far more strategic with that. And there are some people that like I don't talk to the first whole year. I didn't think they were going to make it. And then they come back that second year. And I'm just like, Hey, look, I apologize. Like, I didn't talk to you all last year, but this, I didn't think you were going to stay. Um, so glad you're here. And like, you know, I'd like to rectify that this year. So it's, it's that level of intentionality too, of like being mindful of like, who do you even want to be cool with in the school? Right? Like, don't, I'm not just taking anything. Um, I want to be cool with the people that are, that are getting after it, that are excited, that love coming to work, that are about this, that are working through their problems, that are working as a community, that are working focused towards kids. It's knowing who I want to sit with and who I want to be at the table with. That's important also. I, I want to add it and says like, please within your team, like how to find my place within the team. I just think adding value to people, Yeah. adding value and helping in any way is like, and, and inviting people into, like you said, your, whatever you're doing, you want to do something fun, invite people into it, share your, yourself and adding value to people is what like gets them to like, I think, realize that you're valuable and, and worthy part of the team right yeah. so i think that that's part of it and just your time like you said uh, is, but is i think true. to to that question babe like this idea of adding value is remembering that your ordinary is someone else's extraordinary yes. that you might wonder like well what can i add and then you have really great 
organizational skills that might be able to help someone. Really great decorating skills that might be able to help someone. Really great, well, like you I can synthesize that's part things. Of a education, well, I would hope that would that would be part of an educational team is like filling in each other's like areas like for someone who has a strength in one area and weakness in another we're like supporting so i think kind of going at it in that avenue to find out what where you can fill in and help and be of value and sometimes i think making sure that you're just speaking up enough right like because you're just you yourself is valuable you don't have to actually do anything or something for someone else but you have value to add so just adding your voice um i think making sure that that's happening is is good advice Amen, wife. All right, Laura is next. Um, she's asking, what are you most looking forward to at Get Your Teach On this year? So wish I could go this year. I've been in the past, and it's quite a trip. So, I know, it's... It's fun. You've never been, so I've it's exciting. Never it always been. seems so, like, such a crazy, fun party. Never, um, like, there's celebrities that are going to be there. And but I remember like, looking into it for you, and you, I realized, oh, it's actually just, like, elementary school like it wasn't yes. for high school middle school is middle school new for them i know high yeah school middle school and high school is yeah new so it was never a thing that we could that you could participate in really yeah this is the first one so it's it's exciting do you have one thing in particular? it is so i think the thing that i'm the most stoked about is the, what's kind of been conveyed to us so far in meetings and such is that this is unlike most um most like conventions or 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 events in that the teachers really really want to be there where like if i speak somewhere there's a really good chance that most people are going out of obligation they don't really want to be there they don't really want to sit through another speaker or something like that um but this is something that people sign up for that really want to be there so i'm excited to see what that feels like where everyone that's in the room is a willing participant um and i've had that to some extent before but like never feels like that in totality right um the other thing is i'll be honest with you is meeting a lot of the people that are there i'm so stoked like whether they're people that i know online that that watch us at real rap with reynolds and that are going to be there that i love meeting people in person um and it's a lot of the folks that are speaking and presenting there that i've never met in real life that i love doing that too it's something it's really something kind of incredible to see someone two-dimensional and then you see them three-dimensional like wow look you have like you're like taller than i thought or shorter than i thought or you know um oh you really do that and and like who people are in real life is sometimes different than it's like that kind of like are you gonna be different than you are online are you the same thing as you are online like so that's interesting to me too what happened? Lose it? It just it does this. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it does this it thing where, jump. where it jumps. Um, yeah. So I can get back to her, but I'm just trying to find. Oh, here it is. It's you got Andrea it. over on Facebook. Uh, is asking, and I believe it's a two parter. She's saying teachers have not been given contracts yet at my school, and our last day is this Thursday. We are likely receiving contracts this Wednesday, pending the board approves the budget. I love supporting my students and teaching, but I'm only a second year sped teacher and must work well outside contracted hours in order to be effective. I refuse to be ineffective. The increasing challenging student behaviors along with the lack of staffing and inadequate time have teachers at their breaking point. And let me find the next one. Actually, I'm going to just jump over here. Um, She's saying, I would find ways to increase opportunities to respond 
uh, OTR in class, increase opportunities for high probability responses. This would allow you to increase. Oh, wait, maybe that's a. That's oh, I see, I see. Oh, um, there is no time to be a functioning human being and give this job all the love and attention it deserves. I'm a wife and mom of three kids and my family deserves some of the best of me too. I am planning to not sign my contract this year and my husband is supportive, but what next? Where do I go from here? So it doesn't all fit on the screen there, but it does here. Such good questions every time. Yeah. So she's not coming back at all into the world to of teaching? this year. Or this this coming year? I don't year she's know that she knows what's next, but it, doesn't, it sounds like she just isn't coming back to teaching to, at that school next year. Okay. I don't know that. It didn't sound like that was off the table. Okay. Here's the thing. No, she just started. She's in the last year, really, really this is just in the last year, um, I came to the conclusion that I'll no longer ever. So my life is basically split between school and family. Um, largely. I mean, Real Rapid Reynolds is a whole other aspect, but like on a given day, it's these two things. And Real Rapid Reynolds has always taken a third seat anyway. Like that, I will never. We've up never until been now, able to give Real Rapid Reynolds what we really yeah. want because. Yeah. Our family comes first, and your job came first. Yeah. So here's here's how I think of it, Andrea, is that I was telling a friend that th my excitement for next year is, is around this. Because they were like, well, what are you going to do that's different on YouTube? And I said, I recently had to, um, my phone was at capacity for my memory, and I have tons of memory on my phone. But the I realized that I was doing this dumb thing where it was saving all my videos and, and pictures twice. Anyway, when you look at like your storage, your capacity on your phone, that yellow video and phone, if this is how much time or this is how much space I had my, on my phone, this much was taken up by photo and video, right? Like 90% like of it. So when I erased it, the memory just, I had tons of memory. So if I think about um, next year, for our business, that's 90% of my time opens up to be able to do more stuff. That's unbelievable. So here's what I'm getting at. I decided this year that I would never put 55% into school of my energy and 50% in my family. They had to be dead even. I wanted to come home at the end of the day and be a, and still be 100% for my kids. I needed to give them their fair cut, my wife her fair cut, even my dog, um, and now my cat, uh, like fair cut of who I am. I didn't want you to have to deal with, with sad dad or depleted dad or overwhelmed dad or anxious dad. Like, um, when my students were getting this version of me, like all, me being on fire, I needed to be that for my kids. So I had to figure out ways this year in which to do that. It's not easy. Um, so I hear what you're saying. So that means, if that means sometimes that the lessons are less than, that the, so the lessons are actually never less than. I, so what I think about is, is mind share, right? What am I putting my mental and physical energy into? And it was looking at all the things that were asked of me and I just didn't do the stuff that was not important because I needed that mind share. I needed some of that capacity, some of that battery power to be able to go into home. So it was like trying to get as optimized, systematized, and automated as possible so that I could show up as the best version of myself in both of these areas, right? 
Um, so that's kind of, you know, what I'm thinking about. Um, I think we often, we can overcomplicate things and we can also look at like all that there is to be done, right? There's so much that needs to be done, especially when you're working with students, um, that don't fit into traditional schooling because they have learning differences because even though we say no child left behind, we leave a damn lot of kids behind or we don't, we don't help kids in ways that they need to be helped. So then like, like I've talked about before, then you get kids in ninth grade on kindergarten, and second grade reading level, right? It's, it's like they've been wronged by the system. So it's me figuring out how much I can do to be a part of the solution. I can't always be the solution but I can lend my hand. I am row, row, row in my side of the boat. I need somebody else to help. Um, and so it's trying to figure out that community in school and stuff like that too. I'll say this though, Andrea, one of, um, I've taught, I've shot this dude out before, but it's worth doing again. My buddy, Dave Dunsavage is an assistant principal at a school. When I tell you that he puts teachers first over everything, when he cares about kids on such an unbelievable level, he's willing to say yes to things that teachers want to do, even if he's pretty sure they're going to fail, right? Like he hasn't said that to me, but like that's the absolute sense that I get is that Dave is about kids. And so, and the way to help kids is to support teachers like through and through. So in if you're looking to go to another school, I think what you really have to look at is leadership. Leadership is everything. Leadership is the difference between great schools and even good schools. Like you can have a pretty good school. I've had pretty good times in my school when I haven't had good leadership um, because I've just white knuckled it. But damn, it's so much easier when you have great leadership. So it's like, that's why I say like when you interview at a school, you have to interview your school and make sure that their values align with yours. And because that's going to, that changes everything. I think I answered that. I think so. Okay. Um, Best of luck to you, too. I know that's not easy to, like, make that decision. Um, well, there's a lot of, not even just the decision alone, but a lot of people in the chat are, like, they, they're, it's familiar to them, that feeling of, like, coming home and being drained and yeah. not having anything for fiancés, for loved ones that are in their real life. Even like, for and, you. Right? Not that, that it's a... That's not real life. I don't mean that. But I'm just saying, like, yeah, like, it's the same sentiment that you can't, you cannot give. But that's what's going to cause, I even see it in our group. I think I said it to somebody. I commented on a thread, and I, it's, I see the same things over and over, whether it's here in questions or in our group it, yep. or in teachers. It's They're just exhausted by it. And, and my thought, my thought about that. that is you – the educational system is so broken for new teachers that come in constantly and try and play by all the rules. They just burn out, quit and leave. Right. They, they think it's, you can't do it. It's everybody else who stays is like, has a superpower and it's like, no, they don't have a superpower, but they figure out how to play in the system. It's a system. You have to figure out how to like, I'm going to do this, not do this, do this, not do that. I think that's the only way to really survive in for teachers in the educational space because yes. they're going to ask it's going to be forever until you're dead <laughs> they just ask and you're ask and ask and you're 100% take a take. right because there's two things there one we live in a culture 
that fetishizes fetish fetishizes Mm -hmm, you know um teachers being martyrs you have to give it all in the field you have to come home if you're coming home with energy you didn't give it all at the classroom right and i i just don't think that's right and it's we literally as when teachers are first year teachers and you've never lifted weights before we put 200 pounds on the barbell and then we go bench press it what do you mean you can't do it give it your all or die trying and it's like i just go like this let it kill you i just go like this i used to look when no one was looking and change the weights right now i go oh hey i keep talking to you eye contact in like i'm we're doing it and i'm just changing the weight i ain't doing i ain't listening lifting this i can't i can't do it right what i want to be able to do is show up and give what i've got but if I don't got anything, I can't give it. Oh. And I'm not being a martyr. It's showing up like, what if, what if, what if you put yourself first? I mean, that's the way we're supposed to. That's what the airlines say. Then, yes, you put your family <laughs> second. It's you, then your family, then your school. What does your life look like if you do that? You will still have a job. I promise you. Because you will show up as a better version of yourself. Having loved yourself. Poured into yourself. Given yourself what you needed. Then the overflow of that love and enthusiasm and excitement and passion that you have. There overflows into your family. Right? First into your spouse. Then into your kids. Right? Then you're going to school like that. Then you get to come home to that where everything's like awesome anyway like instead of like school will 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 take all of your time and energy if you let it right and it's not the only job that does that there's tons of jobs and there's i realize people are wired differently and stuff like that it's teaching that everybody thinks it's okay to do because it's for students and that's just not and you look at people like oh you don't don't have your 16 hour days you don't work 16 hour days why not oh you left wait you left at the bell yeah because i wanted to get home and take my daughter fishing after school oh well, I stayed three hours yesterday and did lesson plan. Like, oh, like we've just normalized that sort of like, yeah, fetish, and it's and it's it's not healthy. I won't even say it's wrong. Yeah, that I just, narrative, it's not that teacher narrative yeah. has been it and just look, gets beat. you know. And that being said, when I, I was allowed it. to go into school, when I was allowed to go into school, when I when I when no one was there, dude, how many how often we were at school on Saturdays? Oh, we I love it because it filled me up. I loved being at school and decorating and changing my room, Preparing getting stuff ready. Yeah, yeah, so that when they came in on Monday, we they did were it like, as a what? family. Like oh, our whole kids. My went. kids would bring their big wheels up to school and just ride around the hallways and stuff. Um, that Marley learned to skateboard in, in my school's hallway. So it's like that filled me up. So it's not just not being at school if that's if that's what you need, but it is getting away from this like obsession with teachers have to be martyrs teachers have to burn themselves out teachers have to give everything i would say and then show up dead at home like that's for us like as what we do for real rap with reynolds that's a very big mission it's like don't i want to flip that narrative for teachers it's like no you're not there to kill yourself and be a martyr for not even the students and i know it's all about the students and it is when you are there during the day in class and doing your job but when you come home you should be able to come home and pour into yourself into your family into your children into your community the question is if i do that hard enough will my hair go back to black from gray 
I don't think so. But I no. really like you with gray hair, so Thanks, I wouldn't girl. want to go. We watched Your a whole bunch of things. Your man needs a haircut right now, but You do. My hair, my barber's on vacation. <laughs> How dare she? Um, I think a, is she a barber when you're she's a For me, she is. I, okay. I mean, she did. I did used to go to get my hair done by her at a place called Glamour Me Bridal, where I was the only <laughs> male customer. It looked like the Kardashians ran a salon. Anyway, what oh, you got? You have more questions? Give me, give me another one, because okay. I'm going long on all of these today, but I feel Linda, like it's Linda will be happy that she's up next. All right. Hi, CJ and not-so-secret wife. Hello. My students do not want to learn or do any work anymore, and it's demotivating and dragging me down. How would you keep going or change it up in the classroom? Um, so I, I read I read what is needed, right? So we, we, we do what's needed. Um, if kids are at their capacity, look, I realize that, like, you know, t- 10 months of school is a lot. Uh, it's a lot of schooling for eight hours to 10 hours a day, right? So if at the end of the year you're feeling tired, um, let's do a let let's split it right so it's like um i will give kids options i'll give kids projects i'll get things that they can move at their own pace i will allow students to i'll say hey look if we can work for the first 20 minutes of class the last 15 minutes class we'll do this um, and then we do something else that's fun that's outside that's an act- activity but like we need to get this done if we get this done, it should only take us 20 minutes and then we can go do this activity that I have for today. It doesn't have to be every single day you're doing this kind of stuff. Um, I give kids a lot more like uh, work where they're in charge. So it's like they are the ones that are reading and answering questions or doing an activity or whatever it is that they're doing. It's more self-directed so that it doesn't come down to the show. Um, but then the moments where I'm doing the show, I make sure I'm on 11 and then I switch over and say, all right, today, this is what you're doing, blah, blah, blah. Um, so that's some of it too. And some of it's just changing my language. And I've talked about this before where there's this idea of, um, letting kids know like, Hey, look, all we have to do today is just, we're going to read and do these questions. And I have to show you like a video and we're going to talk about it. That's all we're doing. So even if it's a lot, if I just change my language and go, guys, uh, all we have to do today is just this, that, I don't know, it works for some reason, but yeah. Um, do you want to do another? But don't, one? don't beat a dead horse. Like, yeah, let's do another one. All right, Paris. I hope that's your name. That's a great name. Uh, is asking what What do you do if kids don't turn in a summative project? Kids and parents have known about this project for over a month, and I made materials available for the kids. I think that depends, Paris. So I either just give zero because I don't play. Um, but if I know you have something going on, or if I think that you still doing it you're gonna glean more value from that than the zero so i'm looking for value right um is someone gonna learn more like life lesson because you got a zero you didn't do it now you have a zero and there's no makeups right um now what if you're gonna fail for the year that's that's slightly different conversation then maybe we figure out some way that you can still do it uh but if it's just gonna bring your grade down then take your loss like a boss if I see that a kid is trying to get out of it or is struggling, so I'll say this. My senior year of high school, I took college English, um, and I didn't do the final project. I just didn't do it. Um, it got overwhelming feeling to me. I had too many other things going on, and I was just I had serious case of senioritis, so I didn't do it. And I remember Mr. Zek uh, at Camden County Vocational and Technical School, which was my high school, um, 
pulled me aside and was like, why didn't you do the project? And I explained to him and he was like, you're going to do the project. And I was like, what? And then he broke it down. And it was, he basically was like, all you have to do is this, 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 and this. And I was like, oh, well, I could do that. All right. So this weekend you're going to do it and you're not going to show up on Monday without the project. Do you understand? And I was like, yes. So I did it and I didn't do well, but I got to see, I passed the class. I got my credits and everything that has stayed with me for all these years where I have kids that are like that now. And I go, this is what Mr. Z is or Mr. Zach rather, uh, did. So, um, that, that's kind of how I, I look at things now. So it's really looking at what is the lesson this kid needs to learn in this? Do they need to learn about grace? Do they need to learn about sympathy and empathy? Do they need to learn about second chances? Um, do they need to learn about getting one-on-one help and learning how to advocate for yourself? Or do they need to learn about losing? Learn about, I am about my word. I will do what I said I was going to do, which is you're good at zero if you didn't do this. What does that kid need? Um, and sometimes that takes not just you, that takes like some, uh, that takes some input from other people too that are in your school. Like, so maybe there's a, a counselor, other teachers, like you might have to talk to them first, see maybe there's some things going on that you don't know about. But like once you make that fully informed decision, it's, it's, it's helping the kid to learn something. Um, um, are we done or you want to keep going? Do you have one more? There's always lots more. I All mean, right, I we'll don't... do one more. Okay. Uh, well, great. You got a two-parter from Miss, uh, Miss Gonzalez. She's asking, my room is long and skinny and quite large. We have big tables, and if I don't put the tables in groups with 30-plus kids and projects everywhere, there's just not enough space. I would like to implement some sort of team management within each class next year to help promote camaraderie and also get them to take more ownership. What are your thoughts? Yep. Uh, In an effort, like I was talking about, uh, Ms. Gonzalez is to... When I think about automating, systematizing, and my my classroom, it is I don't hand I grade so little work now unless it requires like if anyone can do it, then someone else should do it. Then I shouldn't do it. If anyone else can hand out papers, I'd ask my question myself this question: Can anyone else hand out papers? Then I shouldn't do it. Can anyone else organize the desks and pick up trash? Then I shouldn't do it. Can anyone else? Um, like erase the board, wash the board, take things down to the copy machine, sometimes copy things for me. Can someone else organize my papers and put them in the right folder so I know when to hand them back? Can anyone else um, like do just about anything, right? Well, the question I have to ask myself is, if anyone can do it, then I shouldn't do it because I have enough other things to do and it allows me to do those things so much better if if that's what I'm focusing on. So a way that we create ownership, because I'll tell you what, you have kids that clean up your room every day. They get pissed as hell when people leave their stuff laying around, when they don't put things back. When someone's in charge of organizing and they can't leave class until all of my markers and colored pencils and all things are in the right jar and I'm big on detail. So like, don't just put all of my, uh, so I can tell that my children were using my colored pencils. Because all color pencils go point down and they all go, they all have to be going like, so they have to all go the same way. Same thing with um, markers, right? So typically in this, it's a little bit different because I can't see the bottoms. Uh, you I have clear containers at school. All the markers go like this because then the, 
they they dry out faster this way and you got to wait for them and shit like that i'll have time for that so um my guys know that exactly how i want stuff and you can't though those aren't all right like or i need those put together in a certain way they get aggravated other kids um and it's a righteous anger too. So I'm not even, I don't even worry that they're aggravated about it. Cause it's like, Hey, you didn't do the thing. You didn't put your desk back. Now I got to fix it. It is giving ownership over as many things as you can in your classroom. And that allows that frees up bandwidth for you. And now you're doing less things. Cause listen, as a first year teacher, I, after every class picked up all the trash, collected all the papers, organized all the papers, straightened all the desks out, wiped off my board, set it up for the next class. But when I have other people doing that, um, when I learned how to delegate, it builds ownership for students. It takes more things off my plate so I can do the things that are on my plate better. So I think we'll leave it there. I can, I, I'm, I'm feeling feeling the energy right now, There's so I can keep going and going and going. But um, uh, And let's, let's welcome Miss Caitlin is new. Someone just said that they just found us and popped in, and both her and her husband are teachers. Well, awesome. Hey, I love it. Um, can you imagine if we both taught? No, I do. I mean, I'm a homeschool teacher. I don't yeah. know what, you're just trying to tell me that I'm not uh, a teacher? Is all right, that what fair you enough. Fair <laughs> enough. You don't, have to, you don't dress business casual. I certainly don't. You wear that mom jerey all day of uh, old school t-shirts <laughs> and sweatpants. Whatever I can find <laughs> and just keep going because my life is busy. <laughs> so listen, gang, um, before you go, I have one, one ask of you. If you could please like this video and subscribe, what that's going to do is help us to get into the algorithm and help more teachers, right? We don't charge anything for the show. We just want to try and help people hitting the like button, hitting subscribe puts us in the algorithm, which is why, um, Caitlin, Caitlin and her husband just saw us probably because it just shows up as suggested on there. So if you could do that, it would mean the world to us. Um, and then look, we are taking a bit of a hiatus after this. So next weekend's Memorial Day weekend no, here no, in the United this States. Is, this is our summer break from Rapid Reynolds. Yeah. We get and one month. June, we're taking off, which is so funny thing we're taking off because I still have to finish school. And then if I did all the things I had to do in the end of June, it would be literally within a span of a week going from Atlanta to Orlando to New Orleans back to Colorado, to uh, Orlando and going busy. to Colorado. Like that's just in like a week and a half. That's our um, It's so that's my that's my month off is doing all that stuff. So there's a lot coming up, but then we're gonna be back um, July 10th, which is like when folks are starting. Some folks are starting to gear back. Us in the north, we don't go back till after Labor Day, but we know that y'all in the south go to back to school much much earlier than everyone else. But that's why you're also off right now. Um, uh-oh. And so that's that's where we're going. So we'll be back July 10th. Um, and who knows? We might pop in. I don't know. I have a hard time not being around. We'll be in the Facebook group. So if you're not, Caitlin, if you, like for anybody else who's new here, yes. um, our Facebook group, we have a private Facebook group. Um, it's all teachers and educators. It's literally such a wonderful, positive space. I monitor it, and there's very little monitoring I have to do um, because it's such a great I space. I literally... Now, I don't, I don't, I read, I go in the Facebook group to read, but I don't engage that much because I've, that's not one of those things that's capacity, right? It is literally, I don't know a Facebook group that's better than ours. And that's not a competition thing. No, people say it all the time. And it has nothing to do with us. No, it's just like, like, you know what I'm waiting for? It's a community of people that we've pulled together. What we need to happen? Someone in the Facebook group needs to get married. That's what we need to have. We need a real rapid battle. We created a space where someone got together. There's great friendships and connections. If you're thinking about it, if 
if you fell in love with someone, and I'm making this weird now, I will officiate your wedding. <laughs> oh my goodness, it's time for us to get off live. Is it? I'm promising the world yes. now. Um, so that's all you have to do. Marry someone in the Facebook group and I'll officiate your wedding. Um, yeah, so yeah, that's it, right? Yeah, we'll see everybody uh, June or July 10th for season six of yep. all of this. Or before then, if you're in Orlando and you go to get your teach on, I'll be there. This summer and maybe Tracy other said things. she's going to be in New Orleans, so I wonder if you know why she's going to be in New Orleans. Is she going to Mardi Gras? Well, the thing that you're not supposed to talk about that if you're we're oh, not so yeah, sure yeah, if you're yeah. there yet. Trace, I may or may not be a part of that activity, but I'm waiting for them to just sign the hell off on it, uh, so I can tell people. But I'm working on it, um, and you know I love that event. So that's it, gang. Guys, I love this so much. Every Sunday, it fills my soul up, and I just it, it gives me energy, and I just am so excited. I hope that. Um, for those of you that have already finished the year, that it is a great summer already. For the rest of you, I hope that you have the most special, fantastic, um, fulfilling summer of your lives. And uh, we'll see you back here July 10th. Woohoo! That's it, gang. Peace out, everybody. Oh, wait, I didn't have the thing ready. Let me do it again. Oh, goodness. Peace.